and there's the lovely Jeannie Tracy with her cover of the Mary Wells classic Your Old Standby and live on the line I've got Jeannie Tracy herself now Jeannie you oh the person that Aretha Franklin Pat LaBelle have given you the accolade you're one of the top 10 singers ever Oh, I'll for Aretha like, Franklin what? to say <laughs> yeah no it's right well, I- I can name some people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you, you're being modest, me, but I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, you've um, you, you sang background for Aretha, didn't you? And George Michael, and I knew you were waiting. Yes, uh huh, yes. And I forgot that I sang on that one. Yeah. You know, because I can, you know, know other songs that I've sang background for Aretha. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was because of Nara Michael Walden. You know, oh right, yeah. Produced the song for her or the album for her. And I was just blown away, you know. And we did um, a Christmas show. Narda does a Christmas show okay. every year. And so this is probably my 20-something, I don't know, year of doing it. I probably only missed about mm-hmm. um, maybe one or two shows. But last year they did, or the year before last, they did Aretha. Yeah. Uh, so we all had to do Aretha songs. And I remember doing the demo uh, some of her demos for mm-hmm. her to sing, mm-hmm. and that's I think that's where that came about because wow. I did some of the demos for her to you know follow you know she had her own thing she don't have to follow anybody <laughs> but it was a guy for her to sing from you know and Dinah Ross as well and and Dinah Ross wanted to know who who is that lady singing mm-hmm. you know like why didn't she do it you know and he says oh that's that's Jeannie Tracy that's one of my the artists that works with me. And but she has her own music and stuff out. She's a dance artist, you know. So she said, "Oh, tell her. Oh my God, she really, you know." And I mean, she cop now. Diana, Diana copied everything I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Well, what does she do? Sleep with, with the song, <laughs> you know?" Because wow. every single thing that I did, she did it, and she even took it to church because he told me to go to church with it. You okay. Know? And I find I said, "Why am I going to church? She's not going, you know." <laughs> so, but she did, and she did an amazing job on the. Uh, that was uh, "I Will Survive" when she did the cover right. of "I Will Survive." Yeah, lovely. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned church. That, that's really where you got your musical beginning, wasn't it? Um, yeah, in the church that's, choir. That's where I, I started in church, but I actually was a, a started in classical music. Well, you studied opera, didn't um, you? Uh, yeah, I did, and wow. but. <laughs> But you can't tell it, you know. <laughs> Lovely. Um, <clears throat> so, studying opera in high school and taking piano lessons, how did you uh, make the transition to get the opportunity to record? Because uh, you brought out 245s on the Smogville record label. Tell me about that. That I try to forget. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, it was a nice double-sider. Uh, the flip was My Money's Gone. But let's have a listen now to uh, the A-side. Where did you come from? That's a really nice track, and you wrote it too. Tell me, how did you come about getting the record deal? I've always believed in myself, and I always wanted, you know, no one was beating down my door to mm-hmm. to record. So at a really young age, I just, we were in L.A., and the old Smogville uh, label, I think we used to belong to Motown. Okay. And uh, the building, it's the old building that Motown first, you know, acquired. And so I walked in there. And I said, hi, um, my name is Jeannie Tracy, and I have a song that I want to play. 
And that's when you could do that. You know, they mm-hmm. had a piano there, and I sat down and started playing, right? And and I sang the song, and the guy said, I love the song. I love this song. And you're going to have to play on it. So I said, okay. So I did, and I, they flew me back down to record the song and everything. And so that's me playing the song, and I wrote both the songs, yeah. you know. So that's how I really started. And then the second, the Brown Door a label, blocked ah, yes. a friend of mine, Marvin Holmes. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, because I remember hearing Dorothy Morrison on the radio, yeah. and I said, listen, why label. don't I have these songs, and I want to use your label, because they weren't doing anything with it. Uh-huh. you know. And I said, I want to you know, use your... He said, well, I'm not doing anything with the label. And so, yeah, you can use it. And so then he tried to give it to me. Oh, right. <laughs> and I said, I don't know anything about running a label. I just wanted to use your label and try to do something with it. And then later on, I guess he said that the song was being played over in England. Mm. I think he brought it, took it there. And, and I, you know, at that time, you didn't have, you know, the Internet and all that stuff. So right. I didn't have any way of knowing that the song was being played over there, except from him telling me, you yeah. know. And of course, we're talking about make, making new friends. And to England, these people were bringing this song, these songs on records to my shows. And yeah. I'm like, where did you get that? Well, <laughs> oh my goodness, we, we, we love this song. And they you know, wanted me to sign autographs. And now those songs are selling for like, you know, big it, money now. I'm like, am I still living? <coughs> I, I only thought dead people <laughs> No, no. So records like that, you know. I mean, the, the 45 we're talking about is making new friends and, and tripping on the sands on the B-side. Two great sides. It's That's correct. Two That's minutes correct. of wonderful music. Let's have a listen. It's one of those tunes. It's a, a DJ's get-out-of-jail-free card still to this day. You pop that on, the floor fills. It's great. Yeah, I've had um, DJs try to buy yeah. those records from me and I'm just not interested in selling them mm-hmm. right now. No. And he says, Oh well, I just wanna could do you have any copies left and I just wanna you know, wanna play you know, mine is pretty old and I just wanna I said, Oh no, you're not coming with that no. <laughs> to me and I said, No, I don't wanna I'm not getting rid of those songs right now you know. And so I had a box of them. All right. And when Aunt passed away, I threw them away, oh, no. not knowing. <laughs> and I kept a few of them, you know, but I threw the rest of them away. And and they were still in great, I mean, they look brand new, you know, silly <laughs> me. <laughs> if, if you ever thought it's me banging me head against the wall. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was your only release on um, Brown Door, uh, and you went on to do some backing vocals, didn't you? Orchestra Julian, Latin Fire LP. You did the backing vocals on there. I think that was your first outing, was it? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, take it from that. me. You did. You did. Um, so going back to so we don't talk years. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go, going back to um, how you came to work from um, record on Motown Smogville label. Um, you said you were producing at the time. Did you go straight from school into professional music? Well, I was doing music. Well, yeah. I did, and and so it was just my dream to do it. And so I looked up a guy in in my hometown, and uh, I looked looked him up to find out 
it was a studio, so it was probably the only studio where I lived, you know, because mm-hmm. I come from a small a town in the valley. So um, I went in and took some musicians, and we did the song. Both those songs I wrote, too. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I just went in just having a dream and just did it, you know. And then I had, like, help from... Um, high school teachers that mm-hmm. really, you know, saw something in me and I studied, you know, opera with one of my teachers and mm-hmm. another teacher, you know, just gave me voice lessons, you know, okay. and because at the time I was still studying piano, so I had no one else to teach me, you know, vocal lessons or mm-hmm. give me vocal lessons at that time, just yeah. piano lessons. But I mean, you're, you're certainly at the right place at the right time because uh, that region must have been a hive of creativity because uh, you were in the studio alongside people like Clydeen Jackson, Denise Williams, Julia Waters, Alex Brown. In fact, the four oh of you came God, together, didn't I you, didn't for even Richard Fields? You know, uh, um, at that time, but there was a guy named Hillard Streets. That region in Fresno had an abundance of singers, you know, like in mid school, like the Whispers. Mm hmm. Yep. You're familiar with them? Oh yes. They definitely. went to they went to school there. The Whispers and I are still really good friends, and Love they it. have the nerve to pick me up <laughs> <laughs> when one of them, when Scotty sees me, he'll grab me and just lift me up off my feet, oh, you know. Bless. And I'm like, you gonna break your back? <laughs> <laughs> and, but as, as well as uh, singing backing for an array of uh, artists, you've also done film, haven't you? Because uh, you sang on Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Well, you've done your homework. But, I mean, that's, <laughs> you that's, that's, you that's know just... You more about myself than I know. <laughs> I know. But that's just one of the films. That yeah, was the I one I did that... Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Um, that was wonderful. I yeah, mean, that I was really, really wonderful. And I think that was my my first, you know, outing for something like that. Well, that's great. I mean, the orchestration and on that, on that uh, the, the soundtrack to that film is wonderful, isn't it? But, it is wonderful. And it was just a joy to meet, you know, Coppola. Lovely. Um, what took you to San Francisco? You relocated to San Francisco uh, yeah. and met I Harvey Fuqua? San Francisco was the place. Well, I guess it ended up being the place. Mm-hmm. But really, L.A. is really the, the hub of everything. But yeah. I thought San Francisco, I always loved San Francisco because I had family there. And I said, when I, when I grow up, I'm going to go to San Francisco. I'm just, that's where I'm going to go. And that's how I... With a flower in your hair. And then... Have you? Ever, do you know a guy named? Um, well, he goes by Haji Sabri, but no. uh, Roger Collins. No, I'm afraid not. He saw me playing in a club because I had my band. I had a little band, and um, he got my number and everything. And he he was going to use me, but then another guy that had his band at this beautiful club, he 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 needed an organ player, so um, they called me into audition. They had me playing everything, but the club owner really liked the way I sounded. He goes, you don't have to hire her as an organ player. I want her to come and sing, you mm-hmm. know? So that's how I relocated. And I stayed there for two years at that place. It's there that you met uh, ex-Motown man Harvey Fuqua, wasn't it? In Oakland. I, I met him. Yeah, oh, right. I met him in Oakland, and a radio personality brought him in, and he heard me, and and called to me, he, you know, saw my set there and, and liked what he saw. Mm-hmm. And they had the old Safeway building. They had right. just bought the building and had me come in and they talked to me and everything. And I was all excited. 
And then he found out, because Harvey was really into writing, people writing their own stuff. Well, he, he got you as a writer-producer, didn't he, for um, his gospel group, Voices of Harmony? Yeah, the gospel group, Tina's, Tina, um, oh God, uh, Tina's uh, choir. I okay. forgot the name, the Voices of Harmony, yeah. yeah. Then I started just hanging in there. He had a, he taught me how to run an eight-track. Yeah. And uh, the reel-to-reel, I mean, the, yeah. the, the reel-to-reel. And so he taught me how to do that, told me, taught me how to lay the tracks from the piano and the drum machine and all that kind of stuff. So that's, I would be in the room by myself just writing, you know. Fantastic. Fantastic. And then Sylvester walked in the room. <laughs> yes. We went over to see Sylvester. Okay. And the two girls, the tons. And then they had a meeting with Sylvester. And he said, they said, oh, Jeannie, this is Sylvester. Because Sylvester and I kicked it off amazingly. We just hit it off, right? Mm-hmm. And so they said, oh, Jeannie, this is Sylvester. I said, Sylvester? I thought you were a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, he loved it. You know, he goes, I said, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, oh, honey, that's all right. <laughs> you know, so we became best of yeah. friends. And I was like a sister to him. Yeah. He's like my brother. I loved him. Oh, my God, I was crazy about him, you know. And not just because of who he was. We just had a connection, Yeah, you know. And I would read him some. I read him a couple of times. I was upset with him, and I, and I told him off, you know. Right. He goes, oh, girl, <laughs> you just read me. I said, yes, I did. Well, I'm upset. <laughs> Lovely. Um, well, also, your association with Sylvester... You ended up recording background vocals for his backing singers, Two Tons of Fun, you mentioned. And here's one of those tracks. This is called I've Got the Feeling. That was the best time of my life, actually. It was like, I mean, that was like being, I didn't really want to sing back, you know, go on the road with anybody. Yeah. I I, I uh, don't mind singing background. I love singing in the studio. Yeah. But that was the only group that I wanted to really wanted to sing background with. And being with Martha and Isora was just the biggest joy and so much fun. Yeah, you know? I bet. I <laughs> you bet. Can ima- if you can imagine that, okay? Well, they, had a, they had a big hit in the UK as the Weather Girls in the early 80s, and uh, I saw them on uh, breakfast television, and they were just a barrel of laughs. It was oh so funny. God. You could you, feel it. It just being with them all the time. I mean, it was just always, always fun. Mm. And when I came into the group, though, Sylvester hired me, hired me as the third girl. People try to act like I wasn't there. Oh, please. <laughs> and... So when he hired me, and Martha and Isora were instrumental in bringing me into the okay. group. They wanted me there, you know. And then when I came along, I sang the middle part, right. which was Sylvester sang, right? And Martha sang the soprano, and Isora was on the bottom because bottom she was uh-huh. the ultimate. She was the ultimate, con, you know, contralto. Right. And, uh, boy, we, I mean, we would go out to eat, and... The food that was consumed at that table, and I was small then. I wasn't a big, you know, I was just curvy, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just amazing and the fun that we had. Isora would, if we'd be on a road trip with the band, Isora would be in the back of the bus with the band, beating them out of their money and some card games and stuff. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> and I mean, it was. Just, and Martha would be selling cigarettes, <laughs> right? Or selling sandwiches because she'd have the only food on the bus, and we'd be hungry. And she's okay. I'll sell it for five dollars. <laughs> you know, it was just amazing. And Martha and I still really great friends. And uh, but thought- singing with them was oh my God! Singing with them was just amazing yeah there's one particular track on their uh, debut lp called taking away your space what a beautiful record oh great sylvester wrote that really yeah he wrote that love that he was a great writer sylvester was a fantastic writer Mm. and somebody asked me about uh did i have any songs with sylvester and i couldn't even think well yeah you duetted with him uh, at least twice didn't you here is my love and give it up and i couldn't even think of it and I, when I sat down and thought about it, I said, oh, I have this song, Here's My Love. But I never thought of it, I guess, as a duet. I don't know why, mm-hmm. you know, because it is a duet. It's a lovely song. Let's have a listen. Yeah, and so we've done a few things where he featured me on records, you know, and I thought, wow, you know, but I'm kind of a person that once I do stuff, I don't look back at what I've done. I always just move, once I've done it, I move on, you know, to the next thing, you know. When when, uh, the internet came out, I said, I told this uh, producer, I said, I'm not on the internet. He goes, are you kidding me? (laughs) I said, no, I'm, I'm not on the internet. And he, he, he turned the computer on, and he put my name in, and all this stuff came up. And I wow. said, who does this? How do they know this stuff, you know? And so I told my husband, and he said, he came back, he came home the next day, and he goes, this is going to blow your mind. And he brought pages of stuff that yeah. I had done. You know, I, I was just amazed. There's been so many things that... I have to go on the internet to see the stuff that I've done and there were some things that I had truly forgotten about things that were taken from me and I didn't get the the right credit for okay. it or the money for it you know that kind of thing yeah and I had so what I'm doing now 80 is I'm um I'm making compilation All right. CDs uh-huh because there's a lot of people that don't know the things that I've done yeah and I even have a CD with commercials on it. And they said, I didn't know that was you. <laughs> and a, a writer once said, you may not know the name, but you've heard the voice yeah. a gazillion times, you know. And so that's what I'm doing now. I'm making compilations of, the, now I have a compilation that's coming out called um, Jeannie Tracy Sending You Love. Lovely. And. Oh, uh, it's it's a beautiful cover and everything, and it's all the songs that I've done that are love songs. Okay. And my first one has done so well that I I just sell them at my shows, mm-hmm. you know. And so it, it it does really well when I you know yeah because I came up with this idea, but it was one of my fans who came up with the first one, mm-hmm. and he had put a little compilation together for himself, and then he sent it to me, and and I said this is really good and i said oh wow so lovely and get it on your website as well um you do have a website you You do have a website website? yeah (laughs) just just remind people what the address is genie tracy's 
makeup bag. That's it, yeah. <laughs> very original, very there, good. Yeah, because I told him, I said, listen, when I, I don't want one like Martha's. I don't want a black, you know, with black, you know, dark like that. Yeah. I said, hers is very classy. And I said, I'm really, I'm fun. It's just fun, so yeah. I like colorful things. I like leopard, you know, I like purple leopard, if there's such a thing, <laughs> and yellow and hot pinks and things like that so when you make up so the first website was crazy right. but then he came up with this idea for the makeup bag and i just love it you know fantastic um tell me about your debut lp on fancy records called me and you it's got some lovely tracks on it like this one this is i'm your genie How did that come about? That was Harvey Fuqua. Mm -hmm. And so it was supposed to be... When Harvey Fuqua came into my life, uh, it was supposed to be Sylvester, the girls, myself, and Eric Robinson. Now, right. Eric Robinson was the guy that... He's from the UK. Okay. Now, and he was in the band, and he had the loveliest voice you ever want to hear. <laughs> And he did a song, a couple of songs on Sylvester's uh, album. And um, so um, they did Sylvester, they did the girls, and then it was my time. Mm -hmm. you know? But then the girls, I think, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if the girls were the weather girls at that time. I don't think they had left at that time. Um, they were still two tons of fun, yeah. you know. And so... Um, at Fantasy had me doing work with uh, Freddie Hubbard. Yes. Um, and then George Duke wanted me to do some work mm -hmm. with him as well. And he wanted Sylvester and I. Yeah. But Sylvester came in there going, ooh, we're going to go to church. And he's, <laughs> and George Duke said, that's not what I'm looking for. So Sylvester kind of messed that up Because <laughs> George Duke was like, that's not what I'm looking for. I want jazz and I want, you know... But when I did Freddie Hubbard's album, yep. Freddie um, was, they were, uh, they let me do the arrangements, wow. you know, for the backing and all of that. And I called in Maurice Long, who was the other backing singer after the Two Tons of Fun left. Uh -huh. he, he sang with, uh, with Sylvester, with me as well. Yeah, we're talking about Freddie Hubbard's album Splash, aren't we? Splash, yeah. that's right. Great yeah. track on there, You're Gonna Lose Me, what a beautiful record. I did all those arrangements. Yeah. Freddie came, Freddie, when Freddie came, he said, Oh, I'm going to have to change because <laughs> she's singing this really soulful, you know. <laughs> and so he changed how he played, you know, his lead on there and everything. And then he sang on my album as well. Right. You know, not, and he didn't sing. I mean, he played on my yeah. album. And so, yeah, that was, that was a joy. I, so a lot of things have fallen into my lap that, you know, has has worked and just. Well, yeah. And I'm always excited about new things. I'm yeah. always excited, and I'm excited about the record that's coming out um, in the UK next month because this Ooh. is a, a record that I did 20 years ago. Right. Tell me about that. Um, it's his well, happiness, Paul isn't it? Matthews and I was the one that wrote that song, but Princess Diana had passed away. Uh -huh. And it jumped in the charts at 12. Wow. But we, 
after she passed, we couldn't get airplay. I mean, because the country, your country was in mourning. Yeah. And they didn't want anything happy, yeah. you know. And this was a song, this was a happy song. We couldn't buy airplay. So <laughs> the song just tanked, you know. And so, but it became an underground hit all these years. It's such a shame it didn't do better at the time. It's a great record. Let's give it a spin. And so that's so Matt Water Waterhouse, he he's been a big fan of that record for a long time. So he has a new label and um MWR okay. records. Retro and he's doing retro songs, I guess that he was a big fan of. And yeah. so he talked to Paul and they talked to me and and now this time my name is gonna be on the record because they never um they never put my I'm sorry. Yeah. They never put my name on the record oh, say. initially. Yeah, you know how those DJ, those DJs and producers were doing back uh, 20 years cool ago. They had a group name. Yeah. I was never a part of a group. Okay? Right, right. It should have been one featuring Jeannie Tracy, but now it's going to be one featuring Jeannie Tracy. So I'm happy about Good that. Stuff. So Good people stuff. can know, you know, because when I came over there two years ago. Um, the kids were lined around the block. Yeah. And they said, are you the PA? Are you the PA? And I said, yes, I am. And uh, it was quite a lot of fun. You Lovely. Know, just to see them react to that song. So it's going to be interesting to see how people react to it this time because it's not as fast as it is in the club. Right. It's, you know, radio. So, you know, I'm, in I'm interested to see how they react to it this time. Lovely. I mean, you're talking about um, this working on this retro label. Do you have anything from the mid-70s that went unreleased that might um, might be tempted to see the light of day? Because uh, there are quite a few avenues, especially over here, for uh, previously unreleased disco-era tracks. I probably do. And I have to think about it and look, you know, look to see what I have. You know, because a lot of the things back then weren't really hitting. No. You know what I mean? And there was a song that Marvin Gaye, I, I wrote a song called uh, Can I Come Over and Play With You Tonight? Okay. But there's a, a guy over there selling them, and he didn't have permission for me to uh -huh. do that. Yeah. And he says, well, I paid a lot of money. I said, I don't care. No, absolutely. You know? And so anyway, it, but Marvin Gaye wanted that song for his sexual healing album. Right. And I wouldn't give it to him because I needed a song to come out. Mm. And it had boy backgrounds, and Marvin Gaye begged me for the song. <laughs> but see, Harvey should have told me, Harvey Fuqua should have said, Jeannie, let him do the song, you could do it later. That's what, um, you know, that would have been that would have been great. But I didn't know anything, you know, I was young and didn't know yeah, any yeah. better. No. Yeah. Shall we ever listen to the one that got away? This is Can I Come Over and Play With You? Um, tell me about your uh, rather impressive run on um, Star Search television show. Weren't you the oh. winner of the female vocalist category for six weeks running? Yeah. Wow. Um, well, when I was Nancy uh, Pitts was my manager. Okay. She and Harvey. So I left them, and I had told her to get me on the show because they had an ad in the paper or something about this new show that's featuring, you know, artists 
you know, new artists and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, so she, um, oh, you don't need to be on a show like that. So Tim McKenna, Sylvester's new manager, uh, wanted to manage me. And so I told him that I wanted to be on the show. And he mm -hmm. goes, oh, you want to do? I said, they, I said, this would be, nobody knows who I am, really. And I said, so I have this album out, but nobody really knows who I am. It'd be a know, great platform. Just underground. And so I said, this will be a chance for people to get to know me, mm -hmm. you know. So he says, okay. He said, let me see what I can do. And right away, uh, he contacted, um, they had a publicist at Megatone Records. Yeah. Because that was now my new record label. So they had a publicist there. And um, Patty Matacani, Patty Matacani, uh -huh. and um, so she says, "Well, let me see what I can do." So th that week, a lady came into her office, one of her friends from the UK, and she says, "Oh, who is that?" Because my picture was laying on Patty's desk. Right. She said, "Oh, that's a new client of mine, and I'm trying to get her on this show called Star Search." So. The lady didn't so a week after there, a couple of weeks later, she said, do you still want to get Jeannie on Star Search? She said, yeah. She said, well, I'm working for Bob Bass, <laughs> the producer of the show. So, you know, you know, I can get her on, you know, an audition. So that's how that came about. But, but the day that I went, there were so many singers. There was like 200 people in there singing. Yeah. And I was the only one that dressed for it. Oh, right. Everybody had on jeans and, you know, real comfortable. I was, uh -huh. acting, I was acting like this with the show. I was just like this with the show. Yeah. Right? And so um, Sylvester sent some of his friends in to watch me, and I was nervous because they were there. And so I went into, it, it was a studio. So I went in, and the guy, the engineer, acted like he was just bored to tears. And I said, I said, could you put the mic, I, I sing up, so can you put the mic up, mm -hmm. upward? So he says, okay, <laughs> like that. So when I stepped to the mic and they put the track on, I sang. And they said everybody could hear me all over the building. And they said people were, you know, just losing it out there. And so the the engineer came, he goes, God, the people really loving you. And I said, Really? Now, this is the man that acted like he was bored, yeah, yeah. you know, be bothered. So all of a sudden, I left the studio, and the lady, um, they had a panel there. So all of a sudden, these people came out of a booth. There were like three men that came out, and they said, who are you? What have you done? We're the, we're the producers of the show. And I said, oh, really? So I said, well, I had an album out. I said, you know, but it, you know really didn't do anything and and um so they said okay so so i left and then timmy called me that night and he goes well Jeannie, i heard you did really great at the audition and everything and i said i was so nervous as i was about to cry <laughs> and so he goes well they they said that they're considering you and i said already you know so anyway, I got the call, we got the call, and then they sent me a certificate or something like that. Yeah. But that was the most nerve-wracking thing I ever I did in my life. I bet. I bet. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, but, and every time I go to visit the show, when they play that music, it felt like I was getting ready to be judged again. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
<laughs> I said, I'm not coming back here again. Because sometimes I go and see what other people were doing or sit in the audience. I said, I can't come back here. Because every time they play that music, I feel like I'm on the show. You yeah. Know? Great. But, um, I mean, uh, obviously, it helped raise your profile because your version of Don't Leave Me This Way was released shortly after. And a cracking version it is, too. And so there's your version of Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, Don't Leave Me This Way. And that uh, did really rather well on the dance chart, didn't it? 22? Yeah, it did. And um, so, but that show, that show was great, but they didn't do like American Idol. Okay. They didn't really do anything for you, you know, because American Idol is different. What they do is they, they put you on tour you know they have a tour that they go from city to city they get you management and things like that now if you don't take care of your business that's your fault you know what i'm saying but star search didn't do it the only persons that they did anything for was sam harris right you remember him Uh, i don't know okay sam harris was he was a great singer and um he um he did he did songs like Jennifer Holiday's song, I'm telling you, I'm not going, Patti LaBelle. He did their kind of song. Oh, right. And he had a great, great voice, you know, fantastic voice. So he was the only one that they really did anything for. And I think Sinbad, Sinbad's career did real well, too. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm not sure if they did anything, but there was a, an agent there that was interested in um, Holly Robinson Pete's mother, right. you know. And the, the comedians did real well, and Sam Harris did real well. But mm. the singers just had to kind of make, we had to make it on our own. But like you said, it, it was a good platform for me that other people kind of knew who I was and hired me for different things. So it was a good, great platform. Yeah. Uh, shortly after that, you took a bit of a, um, a change of musical direction, didn't you, from the traditional R&B into house music. Tell me about Technodiva. Uh, yeah, Techno Diva. <laughs> well, you know, being with Sylvester, it kind of put me into a different category, into that category of mm-hmm. house or dance music. Yeah. And so I gained a following, and the, pe- the, 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 the fans of Sylvester were interested in the girls, like Martha, yeah. Isaura, and myself. And that was the whole thing about putting me with Sylvester so people could see me. Harvey was very good at that because that he came from Motown. Yes. And that's what Motown did. And if you if you know anything about uh, Motown, the, every artist did the other artist's song. Yeah. Heard it through the Greyhound, Marvin Gaye did it, you know. That was a Gladys Knight track originally, wasn't it? Yes. And so they, they did each other's songs. So... Um, this is what Harvey was trying to do. He was trying to bring that Motown family kind yeah. of thing to the Bay Area because there's been, there's a lot of talented people here in the Bay. You know, uh, the Pointer Sisters. Yes. You know, um, Patty Austin lives here now, but she came from back east though. All right, saw but her in concert last year. She came she came uh, to England for the first time ever and performed at Blackpool International Soul Festival. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Did mostly a jazz. You know who set. I just met uh, about a year ago. Go on. Um, oh god, everybody's free. What's her name? From the UK. Oh what, Ultranate? 
Oh, no, I just met her last year. Oh, I God. met Ulta Nate. But she's not from England. No. Though. No, I was just thinking about that. Everybody's free. I thought that was them. No, Don't know. That's the girl from England. That okay. Did that. But I worked with, um, with producers from there um, that produced her as well. But I never met her right. until a couple of years ago. And she came over, he over to here, over here, and we did the show together in New Orleans. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Elton Nate and I did a show together in New Orleans last year. This is the 15th year that I've done that show. This year will be 16 years. Wow. And I don't know anybody has hired anybody that many times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, when he asked me to do it every year, I thought, I said to him, I said, no, don't hire me every year. You know, maybe every couple of years, let somebody else do it sometimes. Mm. That's just the way I think. I, is know. this Michael Walden's Christmas show? We're talking no, about. this is uh, this is the it's called Southern Decadence. Oh right, and it's in New Orleans, and uh, Nada's show is in California. Okay. it's in Mill Valley, and um, but uh, this guy that runs the show, Chuck Johnson, Chuck Robinson, uh, has had it now. It's the sixteenth year, and he's had tons of people, but he always wanted me. In fact, Martha and I did the very first one. Right. And every year they have someone different, but he always has me every year. And I always change my songs, though, you know. And I have enough yeah. songs that I don't of have course. to sing the same songs all the time. Of course. And I do covers. I do a couple of cover songs that people recognize, you know, which makes my show different. Right. Um, you've done quite a lot of stuff with uh, UK record labels, haven't you? Pulse Eight Records. Um, oh. Tell uh, me about they working were with wonderful. those. I, if this yeah, is if this is um, love, do you believe in the wonder? It's my time, all nice yeah, stuff. Yes. And your cover yes. of James Brown's "It's a Man's Man's World." Now that one, you um, work with Bobby Womack. Yes, yes. Wow, what a partnership! Let's have a listen. Oh, God. Frank Sampson, I'm telling you, he, they, well, first of all, um, I had a man manager over there. Okay. And so he got me a record deal. Me and I had a publishing deal and everything. And they were the first, that was the first label to treat me like an artist, like a real artist. And, I mean, they were so good to me and gave me a great deal. And I remember going into a meeting with Frank, and we called him Uncle Frank. And he says, well, Jeannie, okay, I'm going to let you have that. But I'll, because I want you to say that this is the best record deal you ever had, and really was. And the way they treated me, not just with the money, but the way they treated me it was just amazing. And I had a great time over there deservedly so so did you actually work with bobby womack alongside or what was, well, what was he like as a person when they recorded it was tim cox and nigel swanston and they were the producers and what happened was while i was over there people found out that i was over there mm -hmm. producer so everybody kind of wanted to work with me so these two producers said we would we have five songs and i heard the songs and their songs were so good. I said, oh, yeah. I did, within five days, because I had to come back home, I did those five songs. And then uh, Pulsate heard them. Yeah. 
And then once I got the record deal, they suggested to me to do uh, This Is a Man's World. And I said, oh, you know, from a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. So they said, well, what if what if we if you do it with Bobby Womack? I said, if you can pull that off, I'll be impressed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I said, but I know Bobby. I I opened for him in California and in a show, and so I all his band members are friends of mine, so I can get his number. Yeah. So when I called Bobby, I said, Bobby, hi, this is Jeannie Tracy, and I had a chance to see Bobby again with Todd Rundgren, because I did for the one of a male. And so so he said, girl, you won't just get on the plane. England is wanting you to come over there. And they said, she just won't get on the plane. He goes, I said, I will get on the plane. I'm better than Aretha. I will get on it. She won't even get on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) And so anyway, so I called him, and he says, well, what is it? I said, well, it's a song called... um, it's it's James Brown, mm. you know, man's, man's, world. man's world. Yeah. He goes, you know what I say about? He says, you know what I say about about, about that song by James Brown. You don't you don't try to cover him. You <laughs> you just put the record on and play the record. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, he said, well, send it to me and let me hear it. I said, okay. So I so when I first called him, I said, this is Jeannie Tracy. He goes, oh, sing your ass off. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't know about that, Bobby, but I'm calling you because I want you to sing this song with me. So he called me back in a couple of days. He heard it, and he goes, yeah. He said, he said that's banging. He said, okay. I said, well, they'll call you. You know, the company will call you and fly you out and everything. You tell them what you want and everything. And so they flew him out, and we did a show. Bobby and I did a show over there called uh, The White Party. All right. And um, the only people that had been... You never heard of that show? No, no. Was this television or... um, Television. Oh, right. Television show called The White Party. And the only people from America that had ever been on there, now listen to this, was Prince, Stevie Wonder, and Jeannie Tracy and Bobby Womack. Fantastic. (laughs) And I had some friends that were over there, musician friends that were in the studio. They turned the television on, and there I was. And some of the the English guys said, oh, there's Bobby Womack. And my friend said, no, there's Jeannie Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> and so that really made me feel good, uh, you know, that oh. they said, oh, there's Jeannie Tracy. So Bobby and I got on. You know, they said Bobby was a really hard taskmaster yeah. and that he was hard to get along with. But Bobby respected me. And we had fun. Uh, we did a video together that was played on VH1 as well. Okay. You know. And then, you know, interviewers would try to come and they would try to sneak in. Well, Bob uh, interviewed just with him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he goes, they said, well, what about that song about Freddie, you know? And he goes, we're not talking about me now. We're talking about this is an interview with Jeannie Tracy and I. It's about Jeannie Tracy and I and wow. what I why I'm here cool. and I thought that was so great of him cool. you know I'd just like to play the second of those two tracks that you performed on Channel 4's White Room this is your live performance of It's All Over Thank you very much It's good to be in the Thank you And you know what in the dressing room this is my memory he, 
he asked them in his writer to give him a guitar. Right. An acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. And he sat in the dressing room and sang and played wow. for me. Goodness me. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And we didn't even have a camera phone then. <laughs> <laughs> there was no iPhones then, you know, and he would sing and I said, Why don't would you do this? Would you do uh that's the way I feel about you? Because see, I was a huge Bobby Womack fan. Yeah. Huge Bobby Womack fan. And when I opened for him in the Bay Area, he, he wasn't selling enough tickets. And they needed somebody somebody in the Bay Area that could help fill the room. Yeah. And they called me. And I had tickets to go see the show. <laughs> they said, are you sitting down? I said, I'm in a phone booth. <laughs> no, I'm not sitting down. And she said, well, I said, don't book me because I've got tickets to go see Bobby Womack. She said, well, you're opening for him. I said, are you crazy? And I said, are you serious? Wow. And I, I said, what am I going to do? I don't have a band. Am I going to sing a cappella? <laughs> you know? And she said, well, we can, we'll get you a band. We'll get you a great band. Well, now it's four days till the show. Uh-huh. And then I lost my voice. Oh, no. I couldn't, I couldn't even talk. So... There was a young girl here. Uh, well, they had a host of artists on that label. So they got, um, they, we hired this band named Collage, which, which was the Whispers' sister group. All right. And I had seen them at a show, and I said, that's the kind of band I would love to play with, love to have on the road. And so we asked them, but they were already booked, but then they called us back and said, we're turning down the other gig, and we want to work with Jeannie, but we need to have at least a half-hour show. Mm -hmm. I said, you can have, you no, they said 20 minutes. I said, I'll give you a half an hour. Yeah. And we split the time, so that's what happened. And the, the theater was in the round. It was the stage that turned around. Uh-huh. It was fantastic, and so I opened for Bobby. Wow. And a lot of people knew who I was in the Bay because, I had worked all over the Bay Area yeah. for, for years, and so it was. They we sold the house out for both shows. You Brilliant. Know? So it, that's how you know when I called him, he knew exactly who I was and everything. And um, so he came over to England, and uh, it, it was it was just a great pairing. Someday I'll tell you the stories over there about <laughs> what he was saying about the hotel. Oh. <laughs> We'll do, we'll do that one off air. That's not for broadcast. Right, off air. No, that's not for the ears to hear. It was just funny, you know. Brilliant. Yeah, apparently he was quite a character. I was talking to Harold he Payne. He kind of hit on me, you know. <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm like, Bobby, no. I said, you don't, ca you don't care if, if a person is blind, crippled, or crazy, huh? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> you, just, you just, I said, get out of here with that, you know. And then he brought to the, he brought, um, to the show, he brought this girl over there, beautiful, beautiful girl, and she was mixed. Um, she had uh, the baby, and they had a baby. Okay. And they're teenagers now, because I saw them on the, mm -hmm. on the unsung version of Bobby Womack. And so um, the baby had blonde hair and blue eyes. Right. You know, Bobby was of dark chocolate. Yes, yes. And brown eyes, right? <laughs> he held the baby up like Kunta Kinti in the air <laughs> and said to the people, the place was packed because we're getting ready to do this television show. Mm -hmm. 
and he says, look what I did, and held the baby up in the air, and everybody applauded, and I, I, I slipped behind him and whispered in, the ear, in his ear, I said, you didn't do that by yourself. <laughs> he almost dropped the baby. <laughs> he said, Jeannie Tracy, you're crazy. I said, no, I have very good sense, okay? Lovely. Lovely. But it wasn't long before you were back in the uh, in the recording studio, this time with uh, American house music duo Rosabelle with a track that did really well on the house scene called The Power. Let's give it a play. Ooh. Tell me about your meeting with Rosabelle. Yes, that is... Um, Rosabelle, um, when we had our first Don't Leave Me This Way... Mm-hmm. That was a friend of mine, well, a cousin of mine, Elsie um, Love, is a fantastic singer, and she was doing dance music, but she wanted to change the genre. So they approached her at church one Sunday, okay. and she said, oh, I don't do that kind of music anymore, but, you know, talk to my cousin. She does that kind of music. So they called me, and so they, I said, well, what do you want to do? We have a new label and everything. And so we want to audition you or hear some of your music. They didn't even know who I was. They right. just called me because my cousin said call yeah, me. Yeah. So I wanted them to know. So I went over to meet with them. And I took my husband and he said, I said, what do you think about them? He said, they're real serious. And they told me all that they wanted to do, you know. And I said, okay. And so they said, we know these this group called uh, these guys, these DJs. And at that time... Abel Aguilera and oh gosh, they they put the names the two names together, Ralphie Rosario, yeah, and Abel it. Aguilera, and that's how they became Rosebud. Yeah. Well, they were starting out to do mixes, so they said we want you to mix a song for us. So they said, do you have an artist? No. We'll come back when you have an artist, and then we'll listen to the artist. So uh, when I did the song, they sent. The song, the, oh, they called Rosabelle again and they said, who's your artist? They said, this lady named Jeannie Tracy. He goes, how did you get her? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so they said, well, you know, we talked to her and we, you know, got a contract with her and everything. And he says, we don't even have to listen to it, just send yeah, us yeah. the vocal. Yeah. And so that's how that came out. Well, yeah. um, you had a couple so of tracks. great friends. We've had three... A four number one hits on yeah, Billboard. That's it. The Power yeah. and Cha Cha Heels. Yeah. And another great track called Living for Your Love. Let's have a listen. Then along came Alter, the right. Brazilian guys. Yes. They, and I'd wanted to go to Brazil. And I said, oh, it's time for me. And I've been a, a big fan of Latin music yeah. for all my life because I grew up in the farming town with a lot of you know Mexicans yeah. and so I said oh god they plant, they're doing Latin music now Latin tribal music and that's right you know I said rather than tear up my music you write a track and let me write to it because okay. now the songs that I already had with Paul they were tearing them up and the changes weren't right and all that kind of stuff so I said let me write with you guys so, so then um, these guys um Macau and VMC called, and at the time I 
needed some surgery. So at the time I said, I can't come now because mm-hmm. uh, it's going to take me, I'm going to be down for probably uh, six weeks. Yeah. So I'll take a listen to it. So let me listen to this record again. So when I got well and everything, they said, oh, honey, we're waiting on you. We just want to wait for you. And when I heard the song, I said, great. Now, this is called The Power. Oh, this yeah. This song called Power. And so that went number one. But the funny thing about that song is that um, uh, Tommy Boy, we wanted to go with Tommy Boy. And because Tommy Boy had done my other songs that went number one mm-hmm. so victor lee turned it down he goes oh we're going in another direction so i said what are we gonna do and he said we'll put it out ourselves so then i called frank abraham who was over the other label another label that i had been on and now we're good friends so he says i'll help you and he says call bobby shaw and i said i know of him but i don't know him so i called him he goes genie i've been hearing about this record he goes, some of my DJs have it up to number one. I said, well, tell them to back off. <laughs> <laughs> and so he he took the record, and that's that was Alter's first record. Now they're the big thing over in Brazil. Right. You know, because no other Brazilian DJs had ever had a number one on American Billboard. Wow. So then we did the other song. Now Tommy Boy wanted to take our next record, right? Mm-hmm everybody up and that's one of my favorite songs because it's such an uplifting song you know it certainly is let's give it a play <laughs> take it up Again, another top ten hit, wasn't it? Number seven on yeah. the dance chart. And we thought that would do better, but seven is not. Oh, I think that's a respectable that. position. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah, so that's one of my favorite songs to perform. You Lovely. know, because it's just real uplifting. You know, because all the producers and I now we we're all great friends. You know, and and Paul and I are great friends. So we're gonna. I'm gonna come back over there, and he and I are gonna write some more material. Because I write. He and I have great songs. That's Paul Masterson. Oh, right. Yeah, I heard the name. From Yomanda. Lovely. So what's next for Jeannie Tracy? You've told me we've got a new uh, a new CD coming out um, next month. Well, the uh, your fans and my fans will be happy to know that I have an R&B song coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's Last Stop for Love is the name of the song. And Lovely. And a uh, radio guy. They have uh, a couple of hundred radio stations all over the world. And they heard the song, and it was never really quite released. Okay. And they just, they, he said, why didn't you do it? It was supposed to be a demo for Aretha. All right. He said, that's not Aretha's song. I said, I guess it's not now. He said, it wasn't for her then. He said, they should have put that song out on you. I mean, because you really sang that song. And I said, okay, well... Well, if you guys are going to do it, so I just signed, you know, signed a contract with them for them to release it and everything. So I'm excited about that. And then I have other music coming out uh, as well, it's, you know, um, in the middle of the year. So I don't like to have too many things out at one time. No, you know? but uh, it's, it's also good to push anything that's, uh, that's coming up shortly. Have you got any plans to come across to the UK now you've overcome your fear of flying? Yes. Uh-huh, but I'm not sure they're working on that now, you know, so they want to get this out and so that I can do the new happiness or the old happiness because I really will probably do the old happiness or if the if the new happiness 2020 
it's doing really well. I'll yeah. do that one. The new version. Yeah, the new version of it. Fantastic. Jeannie, thank you so much for talking to me tonight. <laughs> Time's just flown by. Where's that gone? That's an hour. over talked. No, not at all. You know? Thank you very much. All right, it's been a Where pleasure talking. I mean, you. I love it when people know have done the homework. You know, and as you said, you know more about me than I know about uh, myself. And I'm like, when did I do that? Okay. <laughs> Lovely. Right, I'm going to trot off it. It's about time for right, my cocoa. Darling, you have a great weekend and stuff, okay? I'll try. Thank you very much. All right, then. Bye-bye I'll now. speak to you soon. Goodbye. Thank you. So I'm going to play us out now with your brand new release. It's a reworking of your 1997 single, Happiness. It's called Happiness 2020, and it's available for download now on Amazon and all good streaming sites. 